It is November the 3rd, 2022. On our prayer list, we have Gary for blessings from the Lord for whatever whatever he may need. Uh, for Reverend Mrs. Davis uh, for their needs. Uh, Reverend Davis up here is doing better. And uh, Mrs. Davis has had some issues that she needs care for. And I think she's in the hospital, but hoping to get home soon. Um, Osman and his church that uh, I haven't heard from him. Hopefully all's well there. Uh, for a peaceful outcome to this situation with that fugitive in Pulaski, he stole a police car, and I guess the cops tried to stop him, and he went more or less tried to run him over. And then he went somewhere and wrecked mm -hmm. it and got a gun or two out of the car and on foot on the mountain over there somewhere, Draper Mountain. I just pray he turns himself in. Our children and our grandchildren. Pray for Mimi for peace on the loss of her mother. Uh, for Forrest, uh, his trip to Georgia and the match that they're going to shoot that go well for them. Our friends John and Ruby and Vassie and Linda. Marcos for his son to be saved. Baby Katie Sue for a home. Marta and Charles and Seaburn. Bob's children. Uh, Mike, Stephanie for salvation, unsaved family members, and just to pray for our country. Uh, pray for Ted Mary, and he's well and kept. Uh, for baby Katie Sue and um, Gary in Roanoke. I think he's back home. It's a different Gary. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Gary Nielsen, uh, Don in Roanoke, John. Um, and Megan and Gigi. And Earl, I forgot to put it in there. Earl? Earl yes, Wright. Earl Wright, yes. Eric, Rex, Ted, Reverend Miss Davis, persecuted Christians, patriots, praying for the election this coming Tuesday, that no one would be allowed to cheat and that the outcome only be a fairly earned outcome for Ray and Judy and um, for the people to wake up and get saved. Protection for all in our study group. We can just join hands as best we're able here. And God, we do thank you for this time that we could congregate and study your word and iron sharpen iron and help us to do right in your sight. Help us to cover the truth and exalt the truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Chase. Um, I'm going to start in Romans chapter 11. He says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. Now, what we're going to talk about is this idea that somehow the church has replaced Israel. It is a heretical teaching. It is a, um, it's a pompous and uh, self-exalting sort of a teaching. It is certainly a false teaching. And uh, this chapter here will, will bear that out. 
I say, if God cast away his people, God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Will ye not what the scripture saith of Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and digged down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Really what he's saying is, there is a remnant of Israel that God has preserved from the time back when he set them aside uh, as his people all the way until now. Even at, even so then at this present time, verse 5 says, there is a remnant of Israel. The covenant God made with Israel is different from the covenant he made with the Gentiles. And many Jewish people did join in salvation by receiving Christ as their Messiah. Many did. And so these were not those who were held in blindness. We're going to read about that in a little bit. And uh, we're going to read about how the Scripture here cautions you against being prideful, saying, oh, I got chosen and you didn't. Or you all blew your covenant and not me, I didn't. He said this, uh, it's by grace that this remnant is chosen. Verse 6. God chose it by grace, not by works. He He has uh, mercy on who he'll have mercy. and And he gave them grace. Even though perhaps, of course, there may be sinners. And you know they are because they're human beings and we're all sinners. Um, But they are saved in the Old Covenant the same way you're saved in the New Covenant by the grace of God. Because nobody could keep the law. We know that. No matter how hard you tried to keep the law, it wasn't possible. I'm going to turn my ringer off just in case I get a call. (laughs) Forgot to do that. Um, It wasn't possible and it is not possible now. Because we are in the flesh. We have this flesh and blood body and we will have a sin nature and a tendency to sin against God and that's why we need grace. That's why we need mercy. So verse 7 of Romans 11, What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but for the election, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Now some people did receive Christ, and some were blinded. We're going to read more about that later. 
Verse 8, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Why would he do that? We'll learn later. Is he being mean? No, he's not. Is he being unfair uh, to these people? No, he's not. God is never unfair. Even if it looks like it to us, he is not. Verse 9. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back always. Now, there were God's people at the time of King David, and there were the Pharisees and those types that, I mean, they're, they're uh, very godless, very godless people. Verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. So Israel has not fallen. Many did not believe and today do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He was the Messiah and he yet still is and he will always be. They don't believe that. You're going to find out why many do not believe that. Verse 12, Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world... He's talking about because Israel stumbled and they fell short of God's expectations, um, that opened up an avenue for a Savior, for the Messiah who was prophesied to come in and anyone, whether they were Jew or Gentile, could, could receive salvation in Christ. There's all this controversy, and there shouldn't be about, well, the Jews killed Jesus. And all these uh, replacement theology people, and a lot of them, I think, are very anti-Semitic. And they want to bash the Jewish people. Oh, they killed Jesus. Okay, first of all, Jesus Christ, is in his, in his lineage, in his bodily form, was, of course, Jewish. Uh, and many of his disciples were Jewish. Sure, some of the people who were involved in crucifying him would have been Jewish. And many of them would have been Gentile. And this is silly to even have such a discussion. But it comes from the people who hate Israel. And I wonder, do they even hate the Jewish people? It's going to be to their detriment if they do. Because the Holy Spirit will not allow a saved person to think along those lines. So... Verse 12 again, Now if the fall of them became the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? And he's going to start pivoting to the restoration here of Israel. But he's, before he does that, he's going to tell you more about who they are. By the way, Israel was prophesied multiple places in the Old Testament to come back as a nation after being destroyed. And God said in Isaiah chapter 11, he said, I'm going to gather 
my people a second time. This was after the Babylonian captivity from all different parts of the earth. See, when they went, when they were captured in, or they were taken into captivity in Babylon, well, that was just in Babylon. It wasn't all different parts of the earth. In Isaiah, he says, he will regather them from everywhere they've been scattered around the earth and then they come back to where Israel had been and would be again. So, um, I think it was May 14th, 1948. Israel, once again, is a nation under the same flag, reportedly. And the, and, and the prophecies of Daniel say they'll use the same language that they used. And that the shekel would once again be their currency. Now some people say, well, they just read that and they're trying to do a self-fulfilling of the prophecy. That wouldn't be easy. In fact, I don't even think that would be possible. This was a thing that God did. And he used the World War II, the tragedies of World War II, to set up Israel once again as a nation. He spoke in his prophecies um, of how the agriculture would flourish when Israel came back as a nation. You know, Mark Twain was over there in the late 1800s, and he, I do not believe, was anything more than an atheist. He certainly didn't appear to believe the Bible and the prophecies of God. And he didn't treat it as a book of history, which it obviously is. He said, I've looked at this place, Israel. It's nothing but barren wasteland. It's just a desert mess. No one could have ever survived and lived here, he said. Hmm. So he wanted to cast doubt on this word, on this word of God. But look at it now. Zoom up on the Israel from Google Earth. It's green. It's beautiful. It's lush. Everywhere around it's not, though. Every, else, every other place around it is still a desert wasteland, but God said he would restore them and their agriculture. And sure, he uses human agency and, and the sweat and blood of, uh, of, of, of human hands to work and to build. But he said he would do it, and now it's done. I guess they're the biggest exporter of olive oil, even more so than Italy, I guess. Uh, they have continued to find riches beyond measure. Oil, natural gas. Um, there is something to the Dead Sea and the minerals that are, uh, are there that um, will become very uh, key in the age to come. So the Bible talks about a millennial age, a thousand years. Christ the Messiah comes and rules and reigns on his throne there. Now he'll rule and reign forever. But there will be a thousand year period. This appears when you read the prophecies to be a time when the Old Testament sacrifices come back. You have the altar again. You have a necessity to keep the law and that the sacrifice of uh, innocent blood is yet again um, a thing. Read the last, I guess it's the last nine chapters of Ezekiel. Chapter 40 through 48. 
It's a very in-depth description not only of the Millennial Age Temple that will be built there, but it uh, talks about the ceremonies and the sacrifices. Now, people would say, well, now why would God want a poor little innocent animal to be sacrificed? What we need to see is, is that every living thing has a soul, and God takes that soul. And what does he do? I don't know. He doesn't say. He doesn't tell us what he does with the souls of our animals. Could he put it in another animal? Sure. I've heard tell, and my personal um, friend uh, felt like he got his dog back. <laughs> he got his dog back. Because um, I had talked to him about that, because he and his wife didn't have children, and they loved that dog like people would love a child. And and he he very skeptical, an atheist, didn't believe in any hocus-pocus, but called me one day and said, well, i got to tell you something. He said, "This uh, we brought this little puppy home, and she ran straight back to the laundry room and um, looking around where her dog bowl was. I said, okay, I don't know if reincarnation of animals is true or not. I know it's not true of people. We know that we as, as human beings are treated very differently than, than the uh, animal kingdom. But in any event, um, those sacrifices will yet again resume. And um, Isaiah chapter 65 goes into some details of this uh, millennial age. And you can read it perhaps on your own time. When uh, it says a, a man's d days will be as a, day, uh, as a tree, his years will be as, as a tree. Well, trees can live a thousand years and longer. He said that the women would no longer have pain in childbirth in this period of time, this a thousand years to come, this millennial age. There are flesh and blood human beings here during this age, but they're going to live extra long, just like back in the Old Testament, early Old Testament. It says in Isaiah 65 that a man who dies at a hundred will be thought to be a mere youth. And a man who fails to reach a hundred will be thought to be cursed. These are human beings that are some dying early and some living on through that millennial age. That's not us. We will have our glorified bodies because we will be resurrected. And we will be ruling and reigning with Christ, it says. Ten foot tall and bulletproof, I like to say. You can't be hurt. You are a hyper-dimensional being. And God is doing another thousand-year run of what He did with Israel back in the Old Testament. So that's, you know, is he, is, has he forgotten Israel? Did he cast them off? Oh, no. Absolutely not. Their covenant is different from ours. Now, some of these people will just rear up and go, there he's a teaching that dual covenant. Teaching that dual covenant. <laughs> that's not what the truth says. That's not what the Bible says. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you have to read it to realize it. You can't just go listen to old pastor so-and-so and come away spouting off whatever he said. 
God hasn't dealt with Israel in the, in the ways that He has dealt with the church in the age of Christ. And still now, He's not. Alright, let's move on here in Romans 11. We know that they haven't stumbled, that they couldn't, couldn't, you know, couldn't get back up. We're shown that. And um, verse 13, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. He wants to see some uh, ethnically Jewish people say, well, I, this, um, this Christianity looks like the way to go. I want to do that. Paul was a perfect Pharisee. And you say perfect. How could you be perfect when you're a sinner? Because you take your sacrifices. You, 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 you come and you make the sacrifices at the appointed times, and that is a cleansing. But it was always symbolic. The perfect lamb of the Passover would be Jesus Christ. That's why he is often called the Lamb of God. But Paul wants to um, provoke some of the folks of his own ethnicity, his Jewish ethnicity, to say, I want to be a Christian. What do I need to do to be saved? Verse 15, For if the casting away of them be the re-reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? And we'll try to see in the text. Um, verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the uh, root be holy, so are the branches. Hang on a sec. Hey, babe. Can you get me that Bible with the larger print? I'm. For, I don't think we have enough light in here. You try these glasses to see if that helps any. What power are they? Two and a half. Helps a lot. Yeah. Well, you can use them. No, no, no. You keep them. I'll just get this bigger print. Um, which one is bigger? It's black. It's got some black tape on the spine of it. There. That's it. Thank you. Brief intermission brought to you by blindness. It's <laughs> a terrible thing. I think I got some smudges on my lenses anyway. <clears throat> okay, let's just pick it up in verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off, and now some, not all, but says some of the branches of this this tree be broken off. And thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. And that is the imagery. As uh, Gentiles, we 
are grafted into this olive tree, even in some, taking the place of some people who were broken off, at least temporarily. He talks earlier as though they can be reconciled. They could be restored. But we get to be a part of this tree. But he says in verse 18, Boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Uh, Jesus was referred to as the root of Jesse. He is this root, this tree. Verse 19, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, in other words, yeah. Because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. When you are grafted into an assembly, there is a progression that takes place. You know, you're kind of a new believer, and yeah, you're coming around, and yeah, you know, I want to read the Bible, I'm trying to learn. And as you look in the Old Testament at the temple, the outer court and the inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. So you're moving from the outer court to the inner court, and you're becoming acclimated to the fellowship, to the right mindset of what it means to be holy, and then born again, salvation, you're in the Holy of Holies. You're even a royal priesthood. Only this high priest could go into that place. But we are told in the book of Peter that we are a royal priesthood. But if you're kind of in the, just a foot, a step or two inside the inner court and you boast against Israel, Well, we've replaced Israel. People learn stuff like that from false teachers. False teachers are real good at cafeteria scripture. They'll dig a verse here out and a verse there out, and they'll eat plumb around something that doesn't go along with their doctrine, pretend it's not there. When you really pin them down, you really back them into a corner, one of the more common answers you get, like, like I will, I will say to a Calvinist, I'll say, I want you to go to Second Peter chapter two, verse one. I want you to read that Second Peter two, verse one, and this is for the Calvinists. And explain to me if these people who were bought, who were redeemed, as the word is, agarazo is translated redeemed in Revelation 14. It's, it said bought. Same word there in Second Peter 2, 1. They were bought. But then they brought sudden destruction on themselves because of their heresies. Were these elect or were these the reprobates? They can't answer it because their limited atonement doctrine tells them that, well, Jesus only died for the elect. Now, these Calvinists are almost jot for tittle against Israel. They have no reverence, no respect for Israel. They, they look with a very jaundiced eye, most of them do, at the Jewish people because most of their so-called pastors are teaching replacement theology. Not all of them, but most of them are. 
Scripture has to be taken in completion. If you have a pet doctrine and you run across a speed bump from hell as you're reading through the Bible and your pet doctrine won't reconcile with that speed bump, you don't bend God's truth so that you can leave your little pet doctrine in place. Uh, two different people not that long ago with the Calvinists who the second Peter two verse one, you know, I says, "What do you make of this?" And they had to ponder it. Came back to me later and says, "You know what it is? It's uh, it's hyperbole. The Holy Spirit is being hyperbole. Like, well, you can't bring destruction on yourself. That is very, very lame." I asked that last guy, he was a client of ours actually. I said, "How comfortable are you with that?" He, well, uh, I'm pretty comfortable. He said, "You don't seem like it." <laughs> Nor should he be, because he's following a false doctrine. Just like replacement theology is a false doctrine. Verse 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. Well, I thought you couldn't lose your salvation. You can't lose real salvation. Guess how many people in your average congregation at this point in time here in the Romans and at any congregation out there today aren't saved? Most of them. Most of them are probably not saved. The Holy Spirit's saying you continue, you know, you'll be fine. You, you go against the truth here, you'll be cut off. Now, does that mean he'll cut you off permanently? No, you may return back to the fellowship. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, Paul said, Cast this man out of the congregation, turn him over to Satan, so that his flesh could be destroyed, yet his soul be saved. So you get cut off and kicked out, it could be for your own good. But people don't do church discipline anymore. Well, I just can't kick out Brother Smith there. In a good day, he's he pretty much his tithing retiled both the restrooms. I mean, there's just no way that I could kick him out. And so it doesn't happen, and church discipline is not handled. And the whole congregation suffers. Because what does Scripture say? A little leaven leaveneth a whole lump. And that's from 1 Corinthians 5. 1 Corinthians 5 is the chapter on church discipline. Very, very rarely is it done. Verse 23, And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Well, there's the Jewish person that was cut off and cast out and blinded. Okay, they start to believe. They start to say, maybe this Jesus Christ is um, is our Messiah. Maybe he was. Uh, a lot of um, Orthodox Jewish people, if you give them Isaiah chapter 53 to read, ponder, meditate, and read Isaiah 53. Who is being spoken of here? Who is being written of here? Who is being prophesied of here? 
many of them will begrudgingly say, that sounds like Jesus Christ. That sounds like Jesus, what's been said here. Good. That's one step in the right direction toward the Holy of Holies. But what if you're one that is blinded? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 24, For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted in, contrary to nature, into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted in to their own olive tree? Replacement theology? Give me a break. The Jewish people can and actually will be grafted in in one way or another. In this life, they can submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, forgive me, Lord, I, I submit to you. You are my Savior. And so they're saved. But then there are some, I'm going to read about here pretty quick and pay real close attention here. If you're nodding off, don't do it right here. Verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. Guess who's wise in their own conceits? These replacement theology people. Oh, the church has replaced Israel. I'm so glad. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like one of them. Oh, boy, I come to church every Sunday and Wednesday, and I always tithe, and I'm, you know, da 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 da, da. Thank you that I'm not like one of those. Exalting yourself. Conceited. You should not be wise. You should be wise in your own conceits. I'm sorry, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. This is how God chose to do it. There are Jewish people out there that God is not allowing to see that Jesus is the Messiah. If you think that's too much to say, let us read a little further. Verse 26, And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Check this verse out. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. Quite appropriate as a freight train coming in the background blowing the horn because that verse hits like a freight train to some of these undereducated teachers of the Word of God. I'm going to read that again. As concerning the gospel, they're enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they're beloved for their father's sakes. Good day. They're enemies of the gospel, but God loves them. And they're elect. And they die every day. Many every day. Elderly Jewish people that couldn't see that Christ was the Messiah. God blinded them. What happens to them? One thing you know, they cannot go to God the Father. Not yet. Not yet. 
how what happened to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What happened to Moses? The Old Testament saints, the patriarchs, what happened to them? Did they go to God the Father when they died? Nope. They went to a place called paradise. Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom. It's mentioned in Luke chapter 15, I think it is. Um, or maybe it's 16. Um, couldn't go to God the Father. Because the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. So they were kept in relative comfort. Um, you have this... Um, some people think it's a parable. But Jesus in none of his other parables gave the name of an individual, which is in this case, Lazarus. So, um, I'm going to find that in Luke here so I can get the uh, right address. Um, it's in Luke chapter 16. It's starting in verse 19. And you can just make a note and read that later. But it's about the rich man and Lazarus. <sighs> Lazarus was a poor man and he spent a lot of uh, trouble, a lot of time suffering. And then there was this rich man that had everything. Well, they both died. Lazarus was carried to a place of comfort King James is called Abraham's bosom, where Abraham was, a place of comfort, a place of rest. That's where Lazarus went. But, you know, the rich man, he, he didn't make it there. He ended up on the other side of a great gulf in hell, in torments. And he cried. He could see Lazarus over there. And he said, Lazarus, would you... See about dipping your finger in some water and touching my tongue. I'm in torment. Lazarus said, I can't get over there. And you can't get over here. There's this great gulf between us. And then the rich man said, well, would someone at least go back and tell my four brothers, tell my brothers that they don't want to come here. Tell them what they need to know so that they won't have to come to this place where I am. And um, he was told, you wouldn't believe Moses, you wouldn't believe anyone, you wouldn't even believe it if somebody rose again from the dead. They wouldn't believe. You're conscious after you die. I read somebody the other day spouting off Seventh-day Adventist nonsense from that Ellen White character that wrote that book called The Great Controversy and just turned so many biblical truths on their heads, at least for those who would listen. Like, well, you've got to keep the Sabbath on Saturday or you're going to hell. That's what they think. Jesus rose on Sunday. And since that time, it's called the first day, and... That's when the Christians would meet on the first day. So, um, 
these folks who have been blinded, this remnant of individuals who are enemies of the gospel, but loved on account of the patriarchs. Romans eleven twenty eight. How could you be both? I guess somebody might say, well, God loved me. He stuck him in hell. None of this chapter of Romans 11 indicates that at all. It says all Israel will be saved. Beginning of verse 26. All of the true Israel will be saved. But some of them have been blinded in part until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. So they perish. Can't go to God the Father. The same place that the Old Testament saints went, I would suggest and truly believe, still exists for the remnant of Israel. But in time, they'll all be saved. If you've got Bible for what you're teaching, you're bulletproof against the charge of heresy. The Bible is teaching this. We see too that the um, the scripture says that Jesus led captivity out. He had the keys to hell. He led captivity out. Captivity out of where? Out of this place where all the Old Testament saints were. It's interesting. I've pointed it out before. John the Baptist died a little ahead of Jesus. He didn't go to God the Father, though, because Jesus hadn't accomplished what he did on the cross. John the Baptist goes to this place, Abraham's bosom. I suspect, just like he did when he came spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ in his earthly living body here, in his spiritual body and his soul there, Spread the truth of Jesus Christ to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the Old Testament saints and said it's time. And sure enough, not long after they would have been told this, Jesus comes. I think we see that in Ephesians. I think Peter acknowledges it. He comes and leads them out of there. And he presents them as believers in Him to God the Father, and they are all accepted because of Him and what He did. He was that perfect sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, the book of Hebrews, which is really written to Jewish people, um, talks about there was just one sacrifice needed now. You want to keep going back over and over again, atoning for your sin. Jesus did it once for all. But then the remnant went on, and the church age progressed. Now for 2,000 years. According to the Scripture, though, God has kept a remnant the whole while. He is keeping a remnant of Israel alive to do what He will through them while they are here. You know what they do. They're Orthodox Jews. I'm not talking about Chuck Schumer and people like him. No, he can get saved or he can, you know, he can do right. 
talking about the Orthodox dedicated Jewish people, they are keeping these feasts of Leviticus 23, which every one of those seven feasts points to Christ in the church, his bride. But without Orthodox Jewish people here to do these things, no one's looking on and saying, what are they doing building these little cubicles and living in them? You know, what is this all about? Well, that's the Feast of Tabernacles. You should read about it. I don't know. Maybe someday. But they see them doing these things. They see them keeping the Passover, and supposedly they're not supposed to kill an innocent lamb, but I'm sure that many do, and I don't think they're wrong to. That was current law in Israel. I, it looks like Benjamin Netanyahu's back in charge over there. He's a good man, best I can tell. But for every good man, there is a gaggle of bad men to, to throw, throw off on him. There are. Oh, he's a this, that, or the other, and he did this, and he did that, and he belongs to this club, and he does this. There's all what Satan is. He doesn't sleep, folks. He doesn't sleep. If God chooses a man then God chooses that man. Or if God chooses a woman, he's choosing that woman. Don't believe everything you see or hear. As Ben Franklin once said, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I, was never I think he said it too. Right. Yeah. I just realized that I hadn't really thought of it before, but John came first to make the way for the Lord to come here. Mm-hmm. He dies and goes to Abraham's bosom to make a way for Christ yeah. to come there. Yeah, that's 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 sure what that's I believe. These will be the witnesses of Revelation chapter eleven as Abraham's bosom continues to fill with members of the remnant of Israel who live and reach old age and die, or maybe they don't reach old age, maybe something happens and they die, then they are there, almost like, what am I doing here? And there are going to be some, you know, no, it would be interesting to look and see who would be the first one there. I, I mean, I don't know, the first prominent one of uh, perhaps uh, the Jewish remnant who perished in the church age and went to Abraham's bosom instead of the God the Father. But in any event, whoever it is, they've been going there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that place ceased to exist. You have people that teach that there was no longer a need for it. According to Romans 11, there is a need for it. We can't live but so many years. God has kept that remnant of Israel alive through the ages, through the generations, to do what they were doing originally when they were given the law and the feasts. Just keep doing this. Keep having this Passover. You know, it's interesting how you're putting the blood here and you're putting the blood on the top of the doorpost and you're putting it over here. You're making a Christian cross. Did you ever stop to think about that? Numbers chapter 2, the way God laid out the different tribes, north, south, east, and west, in different numbers from the temple. 
It's from the eastern sky. Yeah, where Christ will return from the eastern sky. He could sit in the eastern sky then and look down on the torches at night of that encampment and there was that cross. In Numbers chapter 2, there was the cross. Interesting. All right, let's move a little further on. What's that little thing inside the bloodstream or your DNA that has a cross in there? Like it begins with an L? Yeah, it does. Um, I'll have to. Uh, laminin. Laminin. It is. It's a molecule that's shaped like a Christian, Christian cross, and it does. And if you look at um, Colossians, it says, by him, meaning Christ, by him all things consist. And that Greek word means hold together. And that molecule of laminin holds compounds together, and they consist. Interesting, huh? No coincidences. You know, the rabbi says that's not a kosher word. But concerning the gospel, they're your enemies. For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He's not going to break his covenant. These dual covenant characters... They call me dual covenant, and they say that God has, has, has replaced Israel with the church. Well, if he could break a covenant with his with the Jewish people, he could break one with us. He could come rolling up one day and say, eh, you know, I had all this figured out, but um, I found some people out there on you know, the planet Mung, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my mind to them, and y'all just have at it. I'm not going to help you. I'm breaking my covenant. That's not how God is. Verse, well, he says that he's not, he's not going to, his calling is without repentance. He's not going to change his uh, covenant with them or with us. Verse 30, for as you in times past have not believed God, he's speaking to Gentiles here, for as you in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their, the Jewish people, through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. God is merciful on the Jewish people and on the Gentiles. He isn't willing that any should perish according to Second Peter 3 verse 9. He would will all to be saved, he tells us in, I think it's uh, 2 Timothy. Verse 31, Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they may also obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Let that one sink in. He put them into unbelief so that he could have mercy on everybody. They didn't believe. Just like we one time, at one time in our lives, didn't believe. Verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. That is such a poignant verse. I'm going to read it again. Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You're not going to sit down with a little scratch pad and a pencil 
and somehow crack the code of the mind of the Lord. You won't. Verse 34, For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Yeah, Job found that out, right? He says, where were you when I laid the foundation? Job chapter 38. Brace yourself. God said, I'm going to ask you some questions. (laughs) And um, so, you know, there was the issue with Kanye West, and he's an anti-Semite, and he says, I don't, I didn't take what he said to be that way. He could be that way, but he just, to be honest, he rightfully pointed out, Jewish people are running all the media. They're running all the social media. They're running the banks. Hey, you know why? Because God gave that to them. He gave them these platforms and these abilities. This isn't some reason to hate them like Hitler taught his people to do. God's merciful. Let me just ask you this. Would you rather be a sinner saved by grace in Jesus Christ and be part of the rapture and caught up? Or would you rather be blinded as a part of the Jewish remnant and you can't believe and you have to spend such and such time in at Ab- uh, Abraham's bosom? Sheol. I'll take, I'll take my Christian life. My hat's off to, to, to a Jewish person who tries, who tries to seek the Lord. And try as he might, he probably feels quite often like he's falling short. But God will say, if he is seeking God, if any person, an ethnic Jew, Jewish person, is truly seeking God, God's going to take care of him. God doesn't drop the ball. You get to hell by shaking your fist in God's face and refusing what he would have for you. So that's all I had tonight. I don't know how far we're in here. Let me check. Uh, we're right at an hour coming up on it. Anybody have any observations or thoughts? And and iron can't sharpen iron if I just sit here and blather on and you know, if there's something that you see that does not fit with what I have told you or said tonight, I need to hear it. That would be merciful to let me hear it. I just take scripture at face value. That's always the best way to take it. If you get to Romans 11 and you find a group of people who are enemies of the gospel, but beloved on account of the fathers, the patriarchs, you need to figure out what's being said there. And don't hate Jewish people. It was funny, Kanye West. God. Never know what to make of him. He got pretty well canceled. He lost tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in a 24-hour period. All these people pulling, you know, cancel culture. Here we are, right? We have to cancel everyone by whatever they might say. Cancel them. Get rid of them. Now, the reason they really got rid of him is he bought that 
social media platform called Parler. Well, they don't want anybody with conservative point of view having such a platform. Um, and he, you know, it's like Kanye West, a conservative. For the most part, you know, I mean, he's got some really crazy ideas here and there. He makes you wonder if he's fully sane sometimes. But about three days after the fact, he was asked, and I don't remember which news commentator asked him, said, would you like to retract what you said about the Jews controlling the media and the corporations and the banks? He said, no. He said, I, will, I just said what I said. That's, that that's, seems to be the way it is. And he said, and if there was any doubt about the truth of what I said, look at what's happened to me ever since. <laughs> I mean, how can you argue with that? You know, they pwned him. But uh, you do not hate any, anybody. You know, I found myself praying for that fellow who stole a police car down Pulaski this evening. I don't know who knows about this. The cops ran out and tried to stop him, and he tried to run over them and somehow made it up uh, Highway 11 South on Draper Mountain and wrecked the car. And uh, bad enough, he couldn't go on in it, so he got apparently two guns out of it, which was probably an AR and a shotgun, and uh, hit the, headed for the woods, and they've been hunting him ever since. They may have found him by now. But... Um, they had a picture of him, and in my spirit, I, I could not see him as an evil person. He's about a 30, 35-year-old black fellow. His name's uh, Jared Brown. I don't know what happened. It, sna it snapped in his mind that I'm going to steal his car. Um, but I, my prayer was is that he would, um, would seek the Lord and that he would repent and that he would turn himself in. As I've gotten older, and I'd like to think and hope that as I've gotten closer to the Lord, I want to try to see people how He sees them. And not just paint somebody with a broad brush and say, you know what, you belong in this box right here. I got a box for people like you. You're a criminal. And I got a box over here, you're a drug addict. And over here, you're, you're, you're a promiscuous person. I got boxes for all you people and none of you fit in my life and I don't want to cut anything to do with you. Maybe for people who do that, God has a box for them. Anyway, let's, um, let's, let's wrap it up. I'll have Jerry close us. Hey, Chase, come here. We're going to pray. Okay. You will say amen when Jerry says amen, Jerry. God, Heavenly Father, um, we bow before you. Think about the scripture you just presented through your servant, Daniel. You think about uh, the remnant of the Jews and how you're going to save all Israel someday. Lord, we see that coming. We can see the world turning in that direction. Lord, I pray that you would remember those people that we've prayed for tonight and maybe many others that we should have. Yes. I pray, God, that you would touch their lives in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. 
help us to live our lives and, and not be ashamed to uh, name your name in our lives in every situation that we come across. Help us to uh, occupy until you come. We look forward to that day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good